Welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series, hosted by Dr. Debbie Dyer. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable. Hello, and welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series for Lung Cancer Awareness Month. My name is Debbie Dyer, and I'm a thoracic radiologist in Denver, and I'm talking today with Dr. Mike Gieske of St. Elizabeth's in Kentucky about the primary care provider perspective on the myths in lung cancer screening. This episode, we're going to be talking about smokers and how we can identify and accurately calculate smoking in patients. And so one of the first questions I'll ask you, Mike, is how do you determine if a patient is a smoker or a former smoker? Let's say you're just meeting the patient for the first time. Sure. Thanks, Debbie. Yeah, it sounds like a simple question, right? It's one of the things that we at our system, as well as probably most other systems across the country, really um, get some heartburn over. You know, the smoking history has to be accurate. And, you know, it used to be important whether you knew if a patient smoked or not. And, And that was good enough. You know, it was a simple check the box. Well, now it's incredibly important that you not only know if they smoke, if they presently smoke, if they quit, you know, how long they smoked, if they quit when their quit date was, if they smoke when they first started smoking, and all these things have become increasingly important. And so we've had a you know, large-scale effort at our institution to try to get education out to our medical assistants, but I don't stop there. I really, I think it's important that we hold the providers accountable as well. You know, that, that smoking history has to be accurate. I was very alarmed this weekend. I, I went through, we, we've discovered 237 cases of lung cancer in our system to date. And I was going through those patients and I added another few columns to our, what I call the compendium, looking at, you know, when did they quit smoking? Were they smoking when they started the program? Are they, have they quit since they started the program and trying to figure out our quit rate. And as I was going through all these patients and doing this work, it was really amazing and alarming, as I stated to me, how many patients that their smoking history had been altered to the point that they no longer qualified for the test. Well, we know they qualified for the test because, you know, we, we, we you know, they had to have 30 pack years and we ordered the test and quite a few of them had 10, 15, 20 pack years of, of smoking history. And obviously that was wrong. So I had to go back in. We are able to, through our electronic medical record, do a smoking audit. And if you go to the audit trial, you can see who changed it and when and why. And so I had to go back and change a lot of these smoking histories. And, and it's just become increasingly important. Now, these are patients that already had lung cancer, which makes me worry, well, what about the patients that don't have lung cancer, that somebody got in there and changed their record, and now they're no longer triggering through electronic medical record, through a health maintenance prompt, or through our best practice alert, that this patient qualifies for lung cancer screening, and, you know, go ahead and put in an order for low-dose CT lung cancer screen. So if a patient walks in, and they have smoking-related disease, they have coronary artery disease, they smell smoke, they get emphysema, and it says they have 10 pack years, well, something's not right. <laughs> and, and so then it's incumbent upon the provider 
to take it to the next level, really, I think, and ask the patient about their smoking history and then correct the record. So one of the things that I've proposed is trying to work with our IT department to put a, a hard stop in there. So if somebody tries to reduce the pack years, there'll be a, a pop-up that comes up that says, you, you, it's impossible to go backwards in pack years. You, you can only go forward. You can either stay the same or you can go forward. If you quit, you're going to stay there forever. If you're still smoking, your pack years can only increase. So um, we're going to be working with our IT team and some of our governing bodies to try to put that in place. But I, I don't know how much experience you have with trying to put BPAs and pop-ups and things in place. Providers don't like them. Medical assistants, of course, don't like them. They, there's a fair amount of resistance to it. But I, I think it's a simple fix to this solution. And, and hopefully it'll prompt people to really, unless there's overwhelming evidence that you know, what is in the record is inaccurate, that they can't go backwards. And you put in the comments section, they cut back to a half a pack a day and you, you still keep them at 35 pack years. Well, that makes good sense. I, I certainly know also from my experience that when you start looking in the medical record, you're going to see a whole bunch of different versions of the smoking history. And okay. it can vary so much from what the provider has written to perhaps the navigator who has also interviewed the patient or someone else that's been involved, perhaps the person doing the smoking cessation counseling. And so it is a challenge. And so one of the questions people have asked me is, well, if you have to reconcile it, who's the decider? Who gets to decide what's the accurate answer? And I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. You know, does it ultimately then fall to the provider, the ordering provider to make sense out of it? Well, I think the ordering provider is ultimately the most accountable, but the way yours and I imagine most of the folks in the country, the way their electronic medical record is structured, anybody can go in there and change that. So it's incumbent upon us that advocate, you know, lung cancer screening, the accuracy and the importance of, you know, the smoking history and the EMR data to keep that data up to date. And you know, we, we have an educational program we roll out to our medical assistants. And every time I talk with providers and managers, I really push this hard that, you know, it's important that, you know, the quit date is the most recent date the patient quit, you know, and, and it resets every time. Their start date never changes. If they started smoke when they were 16, that never resets. You know, that stays the same. We advocate that their pack year should be you know, the average amount of pack years or packs per day that they smoked in their smoking career when they were smoking on average the most. You know, for example, they smoked one to two packs a day for 30 years and we'll say one and a half packs a day for 30 years. So you get that average and, and that's what we advocate. And, you know, once you get that data in there, it should not go backwards. And so again, that's what I'm going to really try to push hard and advocate because it's, incredibly frustrating to pick up a chart and see that, you know, patient that truly should qualify for lung cancer screening has been downgraded, you know, to the point where they no longer qualify. Well, it is one of those challenges and getting the accurate smoking history is, is key. And it sounds like you've been working hard to address this. And I think that every institution probably needs to recognize that the electronic medical record is a valuable tool, but it's going to only be as good, of course, as the information that's put in it. And so those pop-up alerts 
are going to depend on what's in the medical record, typically, the electronic record. And so it really does have a lot of downstream effects if we don't have it right. Um, so, well, I, I commend you for all the work that you've done in that regard. So when you first started to do lung cancer screening, was there any kind of specific change you had to make in your electronic medical record to try to get this information? Was it some, was, was it just there already or did, were you able to change something in Epic, for instance, that could get a more accurate history? No, I mean, you don't change Epic. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd say that. <laughs> but no, I, th I think putting the, uh, the health maintenance prompts and the best practice alerts in there, you know, went a long way to alerting the provider that the smoking history was triggering, that the patient qualified for the test. That, that, that was big. And, okay. you know, we had, we had to push for that a little bit uh, because, again, you know, providers don't like BPAs and, you know, the health maintenance is easy. It's in there, you know, the medical assistant or the provider can see that. But when you get a BPA that says, hey, this patient qualifies for a lung cancer screen, but they haven't had one in the last year, you know, it pops up. You have to address that. And that was one of the things that we put into place. Well, that sounds like it's probably working pretty well. And, you know, you have such a successful program. So I it commend helps. you for all of your efforts. <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. We appreciate your time today. And we will continue to explore our ways of getting accurate smoking information from patients and help the providers. So thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable.